Welcome to a quick conversation over faith and gender. My name is Daniel Abraham and I'm joined by Thomas Sakaria. Welcome Thomas. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. Well, over the few years the discussion over the sex and gender and gender fluidity has been much in the forefront of many discussion groups and this certainly has people divided too in their opinions. How do you see it? Oh yes, you know, there was a time when people asked you how are you and you said, "Oh, I'm happy and gay." Well, you can't say that any longer. The word gay in today's world in today's context is a very different connotation and a very different meaning. That's right. And perhaps a good place to start this conversation would be to begin by defining both sex and gender. Now, of course, many people think these are same, isn't it? Interesting that you ask the difference because you know up until about 1950s differentiating between sex and gender was completely foreign to the medical and psychological community. I remember filling up this form in the school and uh, we of course were children and one of the question was asked about a gender and I was totally confused. I knew sex but I wondered what gender was. And you're right, many people think sex and gender are the same and the reason is these are often used interchangeably. Nonetheless, they do certainly mean two different things. For example, sex refers to the biological and physiological factors such as our reproductive organs. So when a baby is born, the nurse, the doctor may look at the biological factors and say, "Well, congratulations, you have a boy." Or the doctor may say, "Congratulations, you have a girl." Gender on the other hand refers to the socially constructed roles and the behavioral patterns. For example, if you're a boy, you're expected to display a certain behavioral patterns that is associated and appropriate to being a boy. Of course, what is appropriate is said to be decided by the society or the culture. If one is a girl, she's expected to display certain characteristics of being a girl. So gender certainly influences the way we act and interact with each other in the society, but both sex and gender are distinct and are different. So what changed since 1950? Well, a lot has changed since then. Today, gender is seen as to exist along a continuum, a gender spectrum. This means gender is not confined to a binary that is a male or a female. Therefore, our society today believes that each person has the right to choose from the gender spectrum that defines them accurately. Nobody has to force fit themselves into being a male or a female. Yeah, there seems to be 50 plus if not 70 plus genders identified today and perhaps more to come in the days ahead, right? Yes, you're right. And that's because as said, the society today believes that each person has the right to express themselves according to what they believe they are internally. Now, this is also called as gender identity, person's self-concept of their gender, which allows each one to choose from one's own personal sense of identity. So, for example, a person may be born with a certain biological factors but may not necessarily associate himself or herself internally with these factors. So, although a boy may be a boy as per the reproductive organs, may rather feel more like a girl on the inside. It is like the feeling of a female trapped inside the body of a male and vice versa. And you see the whole transgender issue is the issue of saying look we are outwardly so and so but we are inwardly not so. 
And when this issue of mismatch, which is often referred to as uh, distress or incongruence, is diagnosed by a medical professional, is what is called as gender dysphoria. And you know, uh, euphoria is a positive emotional state, dysphoria is a negative emotional state. So gender identity is the way a person may feel about the inner state of self, but when this is diagnosed, I mean the mismatch of internal external factors causing this distress is diagnosed by a medical professional is when it is called as gender dysphoria. Is there a scientific proof to the dissonance? Why does this happen? Well, interestingly, there are no conclusive data on it, but largely it is attributed to what is called as the nature and the nurture model. Now, nature here referring to a person being born that way. Now, one of the go-to theory is the brain sex theory, which basically says during our development, the brain maps one direction and our genitalia maps another direction and therefore the incongruence. However, experts are still not really sure about it. Nurture, on the other hand, refers to the environmental factors that contribute to it, uh, such as the desire to have a child of a particular sex and not really having them. So you dress the child and support the child to express the behavior of a child you wanted. And of course, other environmental factors such as abuse too can contribute to it. Uh, in fact, Dr. Priston in his book Embodied talks about a huge spike in teenage girls coming out of nowhere and identifying themselves as trans. Now, this he says could be due to social influences and perhaps a lot of mental health issues added with teenage problems, which may lead to this. But as said, experts are still not really sure about it. How do we understand the LGB, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, are they part of this transgender community who feel trapped in their gender identities? Yeah, so transgender is primarily an umbrella term used to describe those who defy societal assumptions regarding gender. It includes people who are transsexual and intersex like the eunuchs. So all those who identify outside the female-male binary and those whose gender expression and behavior differs from societal expectations are called as transgender. Now, gay, lesbian and bisexuals are part of the transgender community. However, when you specifically say gay, lesbian and bisexual, you are then referring to the sexual orientation. This means a gay or a lesbian is attracted sexually to the same sex. A bisexual is attracted to both of the sexes. So the term transgender is an umbrella term that refers to anyone and everyone who does not fit into the societal assumption regarding gender and LGB, uh, you know, lesbian, uh, gay and bisexual refers to their sexual orientation. Now this whole aspect of gender fluidity, gender dysphoria has truly had people divided into various camps. How do we as Christians come to grips with it? You know, the Bible categorically talks about human beings as male or female. There is no gender spectrum or continuum anywhere hinted at in the Bible. In fact, the closest the Bible comes to mentioning gender dysphoria is the mention of certain men being born as eunuchs, born with abnormal sexual function. But of course, the question is, how do we understand the dynamics of current society? How do we engage with it appropriately? And it is Dr. Mark Yarhouse who shares three lenses through which we can look at the whole issues. He shares this in his book titled Understanding Gender Dysphoria. First, he says, is the integrity lens. It is the view that gender dysphoria confuses the sacredness of maleness and femaleness as Bible puts it forward. It is the clear violation of the integrity of the male and the female distinction as God instituted it. Now, of course, the Bible, in fact, is very distinct in its categorization. It says that God created the male and female, Genesis 1 and 27. So this is the integrity lens. Second is the disability lens. It is a view where gender dysphoria is understood as the result of the fall and at times it is likened to disability. 
So for example, if people are born with all sorts of other birth defects due to fall, gender dysphoria could also be a birth defect. As I said, likened to disability. Third is the diversity lens. Here is where the gender diversity is sought to be celebrated as an expression of diversity. You see the popular culture is here. So transgender and the LGBTQ are to be celebrated. So you have the integrity lens, you have the disability lens, and then you have the diversity lens. Now let's suppose a person walks up into the church service. Sure looks like a man dressed up like a woman. How would we react to it? Of course, the temptation will be to shout from the integrity lens. You see, we believe in the integrity lens and we stand by it. But to shout from it would be like, we don't accept you here. You are not needed here. You know, to shout from the integrity lens would be like to cut off the nose of a person first and then give a rose to smell. What's the point? I guess the church is a place for the sick and the suffering, isn't it? Jesus himself said in Mark 2 and 17, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You know, Dr. Yarhouse talked to this uh, person from the transgender community and he asked, What kind of a support would you have like from the church? And you know what the person said? Summon to cry with me rather than just denounce me. And Yarhouse goes on to say, Redemption is not found by measuring how well a person's gender identity aligns with their biological sex, but by drawing them to the person and the work of Jesus Christ and to the power of the Holy Spirit to transform them into His image. Now, does this mean being compassionate is to compromise on the integrity framework of God's creation of male and female? Not a bit, I would say. We fully believe God's design for two sexes, male and female, but... But I think we are called also to show compassion to those who might not necessarily fit into our framework or the biblical framework. Let's suppose someone walks up to you and says, look, I'm a trans. What would your response be? Yes, I would say thank you so much for opening up your heart to me. I deeply appreciate, you know, not everybody does it, right? Tell me a bit more about what you are going through. And hearing the person out would be very, very important here. Now, I think uh, because we need to love people well, and this happens by understanding people, isn't it? Now, let me tell you something here that Dr. Mark would say. He says, what we hear and see is but only the tip of the iceberg. It's only the tip of the iceberg. There are deeper emotional and psychological issues buried deep down, which are far more and beyond what we get to see and hear otherwise. You know, they are going through issues of hurts, disappointments, longing for identity, longing for a community and questions like, where is God in all of this with me? Am I really wanted here? So I may not want to overreact to circumstances, but offer love and care to the questions beneath and walk the journey with each of these people. In fact, uh, Dr. Preston would say, not everyone out there is an activist on the street. Uh, there are so many struggling deeply and quietly, and what they need is healing in their suffering. And if, if not we who reach out, who will reach out to them? So, you know, the secular answer to the problem, to the issue could be transition, uh, sexual transition. But a godly answer would be empathy and showing God's love, unconditional love and believing in the hope of restoration. What is your take on transgender movement? Well, it is a movement today that seeks the right of the transgender. But you know, it is also a movement that works to dismantle the reality of the two sexes as Bible puts forth and create their own reality. You see, the issue is, these are not new problems. These are problems of the old. But what is new here is the lobbying to accept this as the new normal. I mean, you walk into malls and airports today, you would most probably see pictures of two males or two females together. 
and if this is accepted as normal it would have striking consequences for individuals marriages family children and society at large can you imagine our children being told or bombarded with messages of confusion little boys being told that they don't have to be boys any longer girls being told that they might not really be girls and this is where the world is today celebrating diversity and wanting the freedom to express themselves as they would like to be and make it the normal way of doing life but as i said a lot of people who are struggling are not activists out there they're not they're not right out there on the street they're silently suffering and we as a church have got a very big role to play great one last comment as we bring it to a close sure i would say let us lead with conviction and clarity undergirded by compassion lead with conviction and clarity undergirded by compassion of course check out the books by dr mark yarhouse called gender dysphoria and embodied by dr preston sprinkle uh, dr preston in fact has done a lot of research into the subject it will sure help you uh, get a good grip on the topic Uh, but as i said yes let us lead with conviction and clarity undergirded by compassion wonderful thank you so much for your time let us truly lead with clarity and conviction undergirded by compassion of jesus christ thank you for tuning in you all have a wonderful week ahead god bless you